Long my soul has waited for you Bound by sin in nature's night But in the secret I will find you Mighty ray of holy light All these chains were sweetly broken Bound by shame you set me free Perfect love my fear was stolen Without my Jesus died for me By the cross of Jesus Christ Every sin was bought at the highest price Every fear was lost, every sin erased And Jesus took the cross, he took my
by the cross of Jesus Christ. Every sin was bought at the highest price. Every fear was lost, every sin erased. When Jesus took the cross, he took my place. By the cross of Jesus Christ, every sin was bought at the highest price. Every fear was lost, every sin erased. Jesus took the cross. I give you glory for all you brought me through And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do I'm moving forward to follow after you And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do Your presence is an open door We want you, Lord, like never before Your presence is an open door So come now, Lord, like never before Every season, your grace has been enough And I'm believing, the best is yet to come The cross before me, my hope on things above And in you, Jesus, the best is yet to come Your presence is an open door We want you, Lord, like never before Your presence is an open door Come now, Lord, like never before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I know breakthrough. 
is coming by faith I see a miracle my God made me a promise and it won't stop now I know breakthrough is coming by faith I see a miracle my God made me a promise and it won't stop now I know breakthrough is coming by faith I see a miracle my God made me a promise and it won't stop now Your presence is an open door We watch you, Lord, like never before Your presence is an open door We watch you, Lord, like never before your presence is an open door We want you, Lord, like never before Your presence is an open door So come now, Lord, like never minutes this morning, this Easter Sunday morning in the year 2020. Lord, we praise you and we worship you this morning. And Lord, we're so thankful for your presence is real and your presence is a door that is open for us, oh God. And we can, we can join you, we can have communion with you, we can have fellowship with, with you, we can come to your your throne to obtain uh, grace and mercy we can come with boldness today because of the resurrection of Jesus and Lord we come to you and we ask Lord for a breakthrough we ask God for you to do the miraculous we ask Lord as we think of this of this very very unique Easter and this this pandemic that the world is dealing with God and this fear that the world is dealing with and the uncertainty and the anxiety we ask lord for a breakthrough by the power of your spirit god we we think of a of a vaccine and we anticipate god and pray that you would give wisdom to people that you would you would uh, enable people to create uh, Lord, using the technology available today, a vaccine. But God, before then, we pray for healthcare workers and people in essential services on the front lines. God, we pray for your protection over them as they put themselves second and as they serve others who are sick and in need. God, we pray for them. 
We pray for our leaders, Lord, as they try and get ahead of this thing and it seems like they're always behind. We pray, Lord, for wisdom. We pray, Lord, for strength for them, Lord. We, we pray for those who are in hospitals right now, those who have had positive tests this week and they're afraid, God. We pray for them in the name of Jesus that you would reach in through the power of your spirit and you would touch people's bodies, oh God. Through the, through the resurrection of Jesus, we, we call out to you, Father. We pray to a God who is real, and we ask that you would intervene, Lord. We think of those who, who have lost loved ones around this world, Lord, those who are, who are close to us even, who have lost loved ones. In the name of Jesus, you would be the comforter. You would be the spirit of comfort and the spirit of peace in people's lives, Father. And so, so this Easter, we look to you, with hope lord and not with fear we look to you with confidence lord and and with courage knowing knowing that because you have gotten out of that grave lord we see we see hope and we see light at the end of this tunnel and so i pray you would strengthen each person who's watching this stream each person who will watch with your real presence that we would sense the presence of god an open door for us and may we want you lord may we desire you may we seek you like never before we pray to that end in jesus name and everyone said amen amen and good morning everyone and great to be with you this easter sunday morning in the year 2020. I hope my volumes are coming through okay. Yeah, they are. And thank you so much to everybody who's helping out and who has helped out uh, since we have been online. It's a few weeks now. Uh, thank you to my daughter Sarah and my wife Janet who are helping. They're the whole production team here at home. And uh, I just want to thank them and uh, Terrence and Simon and uh, Sean and Pam, uh, who have helped with worship in different ways and pre-recorded things and mixed things. Uh, you heard Simon backing up Simon, Luciana as well helping, thank you. Uh, Simon backing up Simon and Terrence, and it's all being mixed in, in the software beforehand. And so I just want to thank everybody who's been participating and helping. Of course, this is all internet-driven, so if we lose the feed during this uh, this historic Easter Sunday, please be patient and we will get back online. Okay, I've got a 75-foot cable running from the camera up to my router, so it should be okay. But in just in case it's cut, uh, just hang in with us, okay? And I want to take a moment to welcome you to Easter. Uh, just a few announcements before we get into the message today. Maybe you're a first-time guest. Maybe you have got onto this stream. Uh, maybe you saw our ad on Facebook and you're interested. Uh, if that's the case, I just want to take a moment to welcome you. You can reach out to me by messaging me on Facebook, or you can uh, contact me through that contact information on our church website. Maybe you have prayer requests. Maybe you have questions. Please feel free to communicate. That's the key when you're in a crisis like this one that we've never really seen before in our lifetime communication you can't over communicate all right so please let me know uh, and if you're visiting today i want to take a moment to welcome you some some announcements and some free stuff 
uh, to give to you on Easter Sunday, and we've been announcing this in various ways through our church, through emails and texts and so on. Um, this is the last day that you can watch a production, a, a staged production of Jesus, and this is really the life uh, and times of Jesus and his uh, his ministry leading right up to his crucifixion, uh, his resurrection, and even a little bit into the book of Acts you see in this production. Uh, Sight and Sound Theaters does this uh, so well, and they have multiple uh, stage productions of Bible stories. They have two theaters in the state of Pennsylvania and I think in Missouri. Uh, my family and I have been there numerous times, and probably some of you who are watching this stream have been there uh, numerous times, and it's it's Broadway quality. You're paying $50, $60 U.S. to get in there. There's hundreds and thousands of people who visit per year, and they are making this production of Jesus free on the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Uh, it ends today. So we have watched it as a family, and I, I'm telling you, I had to watch with tissues. It was just so moving and so powerfully done. So I would highly recommend that you and your family catch this stream, um, and uh, you, you have to get a login with TBN, but there's no cost whatsoever. They're doing this because of the crisis that we're in. And also, for you who have children in the house, uh, there is a classic um, story, an allegory written by the evangelist John Bunyan. We'll just be careful not to shake the camera too much. I see it's plopping around a bit there. Um, uh, written by John Bunyan, an evangelist from, I think, 300 years ago called Pilgrim's Progress. And this really is a an illustration of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And this is also being uh, made free for a limited time, I think up till April the 30th. If you go to that uh, website there, watchpilgrims.com, you'll be able to enjoy that with your family. It's a two-hour feature movie with digital special effects and everything. Just just very powerfully done. So you'll want to watch that with your kids, and uh, it's a great, great teaching tool. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Visit our website, citypointchurch.ca, for updates uh, on our Connect Sermons page. We've got uh, audio and video of all of our messages. It's updated almost daily, okay? And you could always watch our stuff online here at this uh, feed on Facebook. You do not need an account to to watch this. Please share this feed, forward it to your friends, do watch parties, all that kind of thing so we can get the word out to people. Uh, your giving is critical at this time. Uh, the church is not exempt from the financial crisis that all of us are living through. And we depend on your support to continue to uh, drive the work of our missionaries, the Mans and the Charbonneaux. The Mans are getting ready to move back to uh, to the continent of Africa. And uh, Don has uh, essentially fully recovered uh, from that bout with cancer that he had. And uh, we're so thankful for, for the work that God is doing in his life. And uh, the Charbonneaux who are active in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, even today. So we depend on your support to drive what they do. We have our whole online platform uh, where we're trying to reach people who are far from God, to reach the one who is far from God. And you can help do that and help drive that through your giving. 
Uh, you can do that online. Many of you I see have have piggybacked online and are doing that online through our Give page. And you can also send us an e-transfer. All the information uh, is there. And also, and you're probably waiting for this announcement, remember today we are going to do a very special Zoom call it will be at 3 p.m. Now, this is going to be a very different call uh, compared to the ones that we've been doing for the last few weeks because we are going to play a an online Internet game, uh, the Ultimate Easter Quiz, created by our, our uh, winter intern, uh, Gavin, myself, and my, my daughter, Sarah, and my wife, Janet, helped out and, uh, and did a whole series of questions. There's 25 questions. And if you have watched the Easter Countdown devotionals, there's 18 days of devotionals on our site here. If you have watched them and you have studied them, you have really increased your odds at winning a brand new 10.2 inch iPad brand new. I'm going to send it to you. Uh, I'm loading it up with 128 gigs, so it's got lots of pop to it. It's got a retina screen, brand new, brand new Apple uh, iOS, whatever they're at now. So you are going to love this prize. Uh, it's worth 550 Canadian plus tax. So you, this is a serious, serious thing. All right. The Zoom call is going to be at 3 p.m. I will give you details as to how to join that call at the end of our service today. All right. So you have to keep on tuning in uh, today, Easter Sunday. 2020 okay so i want to deal with a with a question this morning and it's a very simple question uh what if there were no easter what if easter didn't happen now for some of you you think about that question and you say well it's not really such a big deal necessarily in my life i mean uh, you know, you see a little picture of a, of a rabbit there and some eggs. You know, maybe if there was no Easter, well, we get no chocolate or very little chocolate. Well, we could probably live without so much chocolate. There would be no Easter bunny event, whatever that may, may be in the community. I mean, we're living it now, right? We can't go out. We can't have uh, Easter egg hunts or something like that outside unless maybe it's in our backyard. Maybe we can do it that way, but it's quite reduced. You know, if there were no Easter, well, we would have no family Easter lunch or dinner to celebrate because there wouldn't really be any Easter. And maybe for some of you, that might be a good thing, right? If you don't get along that well with your in-laws or whatever, you might say, well, that's not going to hurt me too much to not have that Easter lunch or Easter dinner. And maybe I'll miss some of those sales in the stores on all the Easter goodies that, that, that are on sale, you know, the day after Easter. So maybe I could live without Easter. Maybe I could survive without Easter. If there was no Easter, what would be the big deal? Um, but what if Easter means more than bunnies and eggs and chocolate? Now, I am not against those things, all right? I know some of you, you uh, parents, you're, you're saying, hey, uh, you know, we're having those things in our house, and I hope you're not uh, slamming that. I'm not slamming that at all. I think those are fun, fun traditions and all that to participate in. But what if Easter really and seriously means more than eggs and bunnies? What if it means more? When we look around at what's happening in the world today, 
and we see this this pandemic and i'm i'm almost hesitant to to bring it up because it's always 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 on our minds but when you look at this what's going on on planet earth today what do we see and these are stats that i found yesterday uh what do you have 1,733,792 cases worldwide uh, with uh, they were reporting yesterday 106,469 deaths. Wow. And in the United States alone, you see the statistics there. I think the, U- the U.S. now it has the highest uh, amount of deaths in the world for any country. I mean, when we look at this thing, there are some common emotions and reactions that we have. You definitely see fear and sense fear in the air. People are afraid, basically, that they're going to catch it. And um, uh, this week, I, I was uh, working over at Mission Nouvelle Génération Food Bank in Brossard, and we served, uh, I thought it was only going to be 200-plus families on the Thursday there. Um, we served over 300 families on the Thursday, another 200 and something on the Tuesday. So it was over 500 families on site uh, that were served, and um, uh, another 500 plus that this food bank sends to other smaller food banks. So it's a food bank that's that's really serving well over a thousand families per week. And I had my my shield on. They gave us face shields, you know. And and uh, in in my case, I happen to do many different things there. But I was the first guy that everybody sees off the street. You know, they walk in the door, and I have to ask them the question. Do you have any symptoms? Do you have you been traveling? All these kinds of standard questions, and you can see it in people's faces. There's fear in the air. I mean, they're wearing gas masks. Some of them coming in, all kinds of different bandanas and all kinds of different masks to protect themselves and gloves and all of this, and it creates this sense of fear. It creates an anxiety. We become very, very anxious if we've lost our jobs. When's it all going to change? I mean, thank God that we live in a nation where they're able to distribute uh, all kinds of different emergency benefits very, very quickly. And hopefully, if you're one of the people who needs that, you have gotten that money that our federal government has provided. Uh, but I mean, it, it regardless, it creates a sense of anxiety. And uh, I, people are losing sleep. People are, are getting depressed quicker. People are sort of bouncing off the walls. What am I going to do? And everything has just changed so, so, so quickly. There's an uncertainty. It's a bit like when you take a tray of cookies and you, you throw it up in the air and you're just waiting for it to come down and this sense of uncertainty and this sense of what's going to happen and every week something is changing. Every week a politician says something different and uh, yesterday the, the premier said we're going back to school, maybe, and then then people were, hold on, hold on, no, 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 we're not going back to school this quickly, are we? And he backed off and there's, it creates this sense of anxiety, this sense of uncertainty and uh, then you have this sense of hopelessness that people feel. And the, uh, you hear terms like, is there going to be a light at the end of this dark tunnel ever? And this is what, this is what people are sensing. And it's very rare that you have a worldwide 
commonality in these kinds of emotions. We haven't seen this since the 11th of September, but the 11th of September was was uh, in some ways a localized thing where the United States was attacked, uh, but it changed the, the worldwide culture into a culture of of uh, the awareness of terrorism that it could strike at any moment at any place at any time but this is even worse this is even different than that so it creates this sense of anxiety so what does easter have to do with that can the real meaning of easter speak to that anxiety and speak to that fear and speak to that hopelessness and speak to that uncertainty and so i want to talk to you about the relevance and the practicality of easter in our lives today this is the most important word that's not even in the bible you know we say happy easter and we celebrate Easter, and we use that term, it's kind of ironic. It's not a word that you really find in the Bible. Uh, there is an English, uh, probably a couple of English translations that have the word Easter. One time, I think the old King James Version has it in Acts chapter 12 and verse 4. Uh, that rightly should be rendered Passover, actually. And the, the etymology of the word Easter, the English word Easter, is somewhat suspicious. Some people say it comes from the word East uh, and the sunrise in the Middle East or something like that. Other people say it actually comes from a name of some sort of pagan goddess. And there's all kinds of mystery about the etymology of the word Easter. But it's not a word that you really find in the Bible. However, when we say the term Easter, and we're talking about what, what the Bible teaches and what history teaches, then what we're looking at are the events surrounding the death and specifically the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. That's what we mean, at least in a, in a, a context of Christianity, when we say Happy Easter. But we're thinking way beyond eggs and bunnies to something that is a whole lot more powerful and a whole lot more serious than that. And so this is what we mean when we say Easter. So I want to show this to you from the scripture, from one chapter in the Bible's New Testament, and talk about what would it be like if Easter never happened and if we didn't have Easter and the Apostle Paul actually answers this very question for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, so I'm just going to read a few verses there. This is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. We have proof positive that it was written in the year 50. You can watch my uh, message on Jesus said what. Just go to the first part about the reliability of the Gospels and you will see how we can pinpoint this letter to the year 50 A.D. And that's very, very early. It's about 17 years after the, the, the alleged resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And look how he starts the first few verses, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, now, brothers, and brothers means brothers and sisters, means people, I want to remind you of the 
gospel. So I want you to add that word gospel into your understanding of Easter. When we say Easter and when we say the gospel story, the good news, we're, we're referring to the same thing. The events surrounding the, the, the death and specifically the resurrection of Jesus. I want to remind you of this, Paul says. I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. So he's, he's really challenging these Corinthian believers to hold on to what they believed and what was preached by the apostle Paul. For what I received, so he's going to explain what this means now. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is what we what we remember on Good Friday. And you can watch our Good Friday message online as well. Christ died for our sins and note the phrase according to the scriptures that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. This is the basic story. This is Easter. And that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. So Paul is writing this to an audience very early, claiming that the people who were eyewitnesses of this of this experience of the risen Christ, that most of them are alive. That's a pretty bold statement to make. Um, unless you're telling the truth. He's putting himself in an accountable position there. Uh, Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also. This is the gospel. This is Easter. And this is the story of the resurrection of Jesus. So I want you to think of all those, those words when you talk about the word Easter, You've, it envelops the gospel and the story of the resurrection. Um, verses 3 and 4, before we get into this question, what if there was no Easter? Verses 3 and 4, notice what he says. Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. So I want to speak to the skeptic who's watching for just a moment, or maybe you're a believer and sometimes you question the things that you believe. You cannot accept one part of this and reject the other. Typically, people have less of a a hard time accepting the death of Jesus. But then when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus, they have real problems and they say that could not have happened. Notice that the, the it comes from the same source. The scriptures declare the death of Jesus and the scriptures declare the resurrection of Jesus. You can't accept one and cut the other part out. Uh, and, and the problem with that, with doing that, is we have content here that is so 
so early and written down so early and preached so early. And again, we talked about this uh, in the reliability of the gospel's message. Basically, even though we don't even have the original New Testament, the original Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, even though we don't even have the original, even if we had no copies of it, of which we do, we have thousands and thousands of them, even if we had none of that, this thing was preached so fast, this message was out there so quickly, we could rebuild the entire New Testament just from the preaching of the early church and of the church fathers from as early as the end of the first century. I mean, that is... That is uncanny. There's nothing like that in the ancient world of that time. A message that spread so, so, so quickly. And the same people who wrote down the death of Jesus are the same people who wrote down the resurrection of Jesus in the same document. It's all nested together and tied together so tightly that you can't say, well, I accept that Jesus died, but I reject that Jesus rose. You can't do that. When you do that, you've got to you've got to reject the whole thing. Um, and I, I always find it interesting to look at some of the, the theories uh, to try and get us to walk around the resurrection of Jesus and say, well, there must be some other explanation. And, I, and ju just a, a, a list, you know, if you have a, a tomb uh, that is occupied, all right, they have, they have what's called the occupied tomb alternative explanations. Uh, maybe it was the wrong tomb. Maybe Mary and the, and the women and then the men went to the wrong tomb. Well, to say that, you have to acknowledge that there was a tomb in the first place. You have to acknowledge that Jesus died in the first place. Uh, what if uh, it's a legend? Well, it can't be a legend. This thing was out on the presses, so to speak, as early as the end of the first century, which means that they were getting that information from somewhere. No time for a legend to crop in. What if it was just a spiritual resurrection or a hallucination or a psychological resurrection? Well, all the accounts show a real person with real flesh and bones who stood in front of them a risen savior who they could touch. Um, and so this is not some legend or some psychological resurrection. This is done in, in hostile territory, in enemy territory. If there was a body somewhere, the Romans would have produced it. Uh, well, what if we can come up with some other theories, you know? What if it was stolen by the disciples? Well, if it was stolen by the disciples, you have to acknowledge that there was a body, and you have to acknowledge that Jesus died, and you have to acknowledge that there were disciples. What if the Romans stole the body? Well, why didn't they produce it? What if Jesus never died in the first place on the cross? Well, you still have to admit that there was a Jesus, and you still have to admit that there was a cross. Do you think that those Romans were so so uh, uh, inefficient at their job? They were very efficient in executions. What if it was all some elaborate scheme and plot to make Jesus look like he was something that he wasn't? Well, then you have all these people who died for what they knew wasn't true, which never happened. So all of these theories acknowledge one part of the story. But then they reject the resurrection. You can't. Intellectually speaking, if you're going to be honest to the skeptics who are, who are watching, if you're going to reject the resurrection, you've got to reject the death of Jesus as well. If you're going to be honest and use integrity from an intellectual standpoint, what if there was no Easter? 
if there was no Easter, and this the Apostle Paul continues in 1 Corinthians 15, then we proclaim and we believe a powerless and an impotent message. Verses 13 and 14. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, what? If there is no Easter, what? Our preaching is useless. It is futile. It is powerless. It is impotent. And so is your faith if there is no, if there was no resurrection, no gospel, no Easter, we are proclaiming and believing a message that is powerless. It means our prayers are bouncing off of the ceiling and there's no power at work in our lives at all. If there was no Easter, verses 15 and 16, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we testified about God that he raised Jesus from the dead. We proclaim a lie if there was no Easter. A couple of months ago in in, uh, one of the sermon series that we posted uh, online, I got into a number of debates. I think the screen's shaking a little bit. If just okay, um, uh, just trying to keep the tech going here. Uh, I I had an online sort of debate uh, with three different people, and some of you have seen seen this debate. I tried to forward it to as many of you as I could in our church, and uh, it was a, a Satanist, a, a a nihilist, and an atheist. And basically the thrust of what these men were saying to me is, you know what? You know what your problem is? You cannot grow up. You cannot face the reality that we live in a senseless world, that we live in a world that is chaos, that we are the product of time and chance, that there is no life after death, that there is no God, that this is all there is, and you cannot accept it, you cannot live with it, you cannot grow up, you are too weak to accept it, and therefore you desperately want to believe in this Christianity, you desperately want to believe that your Jesus existed and that he rose from the dead, but he did not, and and you have you have manipulated yourself into believing what is a lie, an impotent and powerless lie, because you cannot grow up. And this was their <laughs> their attack uh, uh, on the message of Christianity. Well, if there was no Easter, and if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then those people may well have warrant to say those things about me and about life and about the things that we believe. If there was no Easter, then our past and present sin is unforgiven. Verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, if there was no Easter, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. 
it is a useless faith. You, you live in a constant state of unforgiveness if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead. You say this is so depressing for an Easter message. Well, I, want, I, I just want you to hang in and watch as we, as we start to move through this a little bit more. If there was no Easter, then we will never see our loved ones again. Verse 18, then all those who have fallen asleep in Christ, those who have died as believers in Jesus, then they are lost. The implication, we will never see them again. There is no no use in believing in an afterlife if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead and if there was no Easter. If there was no Easter, there is no life after death for anyone. You read through the chapter, you get through to verse uh, 32, for instance. If the dead are not raised, if there was no resurrection of Jesus, first and foremost, it means there'll be no resurrection of anybody. And if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. There's no life after death if there's no resurrection from the dead of the Lord Jesus himself. If there was no Easter, verse 19, for example, then we are to be pitied more than all men. If only for this life we have hope in Christ. And Paul is speaking to believers there who would say, well, I believe that Jesus died, but the resurrection doesn't really have any impact on my life. Well, yes, it does. If you only have hope in Christ for this life, then you, what you've done is you, you've kind of cut out the resurrection story from, from uh, uh, impacting your own heart. If there is no resurrection of Jesus, if there was no Easter, Paul says you're to be pitied beyond all men. You have to understand that you cannot separate Jesus's death from Jesus's resurrection. His resurrection authenticates all of his claims. If he did not rise from the dead, he is not God on that cross. If he is not God on that cross, there's a whole host of implications that radically changes our lives today. And so Paul argues with the Corinthian church about the necessity and the importance of the resurrection and how practical it is to our lives if there was no Easter then that fear that's around the world that anxiety that's around the world that uncertainty that's around the world that hopelessness that's around the world those statements from the atheist and the Satanist and the nihilist that that means that what those people are saying is true that means that there's no meaning no ultimate purpose that means that There's no hope without the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. But I'm so glad Paul doesn't stop there in his address to the Corinthians. He flips the argument the other way. Because of Easter, we who are in Christ will be resurrected. Jesus was the first to be raised from the dead physically, and we too who are followers of him, we will be physically raised from the dead in a literal event 
in time. Verses 21 to 23, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. He's referring to Adam in the garden. So clearly Paul believed in Adam. Jesus believed in Adam as well. For since the, the since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all all will be made alive, but each in his own turn, Christ the first fruits, which is a reference actually to the Jewish Passover and his fulfillment of that. Then when he comes, those who belong to him, a physical resurrection from the dead awaits those who are in Christ. Wow. Because of Easter, our sins are forgiven not sometime in the distant future, but now we can experience God's forgiveness of our sin today from the past, from the present, from the future. Our sins are forgiven now. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Implication, if he has been raised, you are not in your sins anymore. If you are a follower of Christ, your identity has changed and you are now a new creation. Paul would tell the same church that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Because of Easter, we will see our loved ones in Christ again. You reverse the statement of verse 18. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost if there's no resurrection implication. If there is, they are not lost. If there is, then we will see them again one day. There will be a reunion that we in Christ will have in the future because of Easter. Because of Easter, verse 23, Jesus will come again. We talked about that last Sunday in the conclusion of our last series. Jesus will come again, but each in his own turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, he will come back again. How do we know when? We don't. How soon will it, will it be? Soon. The last words of Jesus in the Bible's New Testament. Yes, not maybe, not I'm not sure. Yes, I am coming Soon he will come again. He will put an end to evil and unrighteousness. He will judge sin once and for all. He will bring in a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus will come again. Because of Easter, death itself, death itself that so many people fear today, death itself will be destroyed Verse 26, he, uh, the last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. There will come a time where the, the whole order of things will change. The book of Revelation, there will be no death or mourning. The old order has gone, and there will be a whole new uh, uh, eternal existence that is to come when Jesus comes and brings 
perfect righteousness to planet Earth. Even death itself, the great enemy, will be destroyed. Now, it becomes very, very relevant and very personal to each one of us when we think about that. Uh, you'll see on the screen there, that is a picture that um, uh, that my wife Janet took actually at the beginning of March, and she's celebrating a birthday today. So happy birthday to my wife today. And she was behind the camera and took this very, very significant picture uh, of my mom, her name is Linda, and myself in the back, and my daughter Sarah there, and that's three generations uh, that are standing there in that photo, and we took that photo at the beginning of March. Uh, my mom has battled a neuromuscular disease for the last number of years. Uh, she was on a feeding tube, lived independently at home for three years. At the beginning of March, we were privileged to be able to visit her in her home and to have a meal together, and she said to us, um, without, we weren't even talking about spiritual things. She said, you know, I'm, I live alone and I'm alone, but I know that I'm never alone because I have Christ. And things changed in my mom's life around mid-March. She, she went into the hospital with various infections and pneumonia and, and, uh, all kinds of problems. And, uh, and things just began to get worse and worse and worse. And we were able to visit over in Cornwall, Ontario. And she went to be with the Lord just three weeks ago on March the 27th. But I, I, it was such a privilege to be able to visit and to hear her say and to be able to pray with her and to hear her say, because I have Christ, I know I'm not alone. One day we will have a great reunion together. Uh, the next slide you'll see on that screen is of two very dear friends of ours, uh, Pastor Bert and Shirley Lira, who we served under for about a year when we pastored over an evangel. And you you will never meet a couple uh, that is more, uh, I mean, the impact that these people have had on our movement in the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada has been so significant. And, and both Pastor Bert and Shirley were hospitalized due to the coronavirus uh, several weeks ago, and both of them double pneumonia, both of them in hospital at the same time in British Columbia. And uh, we just got the news that uh, on April the 6th, Shirley went to be with the Lord and passed away uh, due to all of the problems created by that virus. And Pastor Bird, so far from what we hear, is actually recovering and uh, getting better every day. And so we, we look at that, you know, my own, my own mom who went to be with the Lord and these dear friends, one of whom who went to be with the Lord. That's where the impact of the resurrection of Jesus, that's where the impact of the Easter story makes such a difference. It makes all the difference, my friends, because it, it, death is like that great equalizer. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how you lived your life. We're all going to face that moment. We're all going to face it one day. And what assurance we can have because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead because of Easter. Finally, our lives here have meaning. Our lives here have purpose to the atheist and the nihilist and the Satanist. Respectfully, you're wrong because of Jesus, regardless of the pain that we experience here, regardless of the loss that we experience here, 
here, regardless of the suffering we may experience here because of Jesus, we need to remember verse 58, stand firm. Stand firm. We have an anchor that we can hold on to. Let nothing move you. Don't let this pandemic move you. Don't let it shake your faith. Don't let it ruin your salvation. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Why? Because Jesus has risen from the dead because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. There's a meaning and a purpose to your life because Jesus has been raised from the dead. And that is the powerful message of Easter. When we say Happy Easter, may we say it with an understanding of what it truly means. This is the gospel story. Paul told them, don't you forget it. Paul told them, you hold on to it. Don't let anything move you because it really did happen. And Jesus really did get out of that grave. So I don't know what your situation is today. I don't know where you're, where you're coming from today, where you're at in life. Uh, but I want to take a moment to pray with you this, this Easter 2020. You're hearing a, a song in the background, a beautiful old hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated to thee this idea of everything in our lives we want god to be in charge of we want to consecrate ourselves to him and maybe you're watching this stream today and maybe you're in that place where you said you know i never realized the significance of easter to me it was just eggs and bunnies and well maybe i understood it was the idea of jesus dying on the cross and uh, maybe that was a sad time, but also a happy time because he did it for our sins. But I never realized the impact of the resurrection on my life. And maybe you just know these things in your head, but you don't know them in your heart. Maybe you know about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. You don't have a personal relationship with him. You can't say like my mom did, uh, because I have Christ, I'm not alone. Shirley Lyra could say the same thing. Bert Lyra could say the same thing. Because I have Christ. He who has the Son, John wrote, has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Do you have him? Is he in your life? Do you have communion with him, a relationship with him, an authentic, meaningful, and growing relationship with him where you are a student of Jesus for the rest of your life if that's if that's not you and you don't if you don't have that I should say I want I want to take a moment to just pray with you uh, while I have you in front of this camera okay and I'm going to pray a very very simple prayer you can pray this in in your home you can pray it out loud the point of it is that it's authentic and it means something to you it's not just words that you murmur there's no magic behind this but this is this is the open door that we sang about the presence of God is an open door and if you want his presence in your life you can pray with me. Father, 
I come to you, God. And though I don't understand it all, I come to you believing that Jesus died for me and believing that he rose from the dead. And Lord, I want to consecrate my life to you. I want to give you my life. Would you take my life and would you reorient it, God? Would you change me? Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you make me into that new creation that I would no longer be the boss of my life, that I would no longer live as if you don't exist, but God, I would live a vibrant and real relationship with you. God, wherever it goes, wherever wherever it leads, I want to give you my life, Jesus, this morning, and I want you in the deepest part of my soul. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, that is the open door that you're looking for. And I would love it if you would reach out to me and communicate with me. And I have some things that I can help you with and some resources and all that to start you on your journey of faith. We have reached the end of our message. And so the last announcement, thank you so much for hanging in with me, is that we will do a special Zoom call today at 3 p.m. And we will play the ultimate Easter quiz. 25 questions. The winner will get a brand new iPad. Here's what you need to do. If you're already part of our church, you're, you're, you're all set. You're ready to go. If you are not, and you're not part of any other church, you don't belong to any other church home. If you do, you need to support the work of your own church. But if you're, if you're not part of any other church, you're watching this feed, you're interested, you're curious, doesn't matter what your religious background is, you may not have a religious background, doesn't matter, and you want to participate in this and you want to take a shot at winning that iPad and join us, it'll be so much fun. You need to send your full name, your physical address, because I'm going to mail you the iPad if you win, your email address and your cell. I need to have that by 1230. So you've got about a half an hour to send that to me. You can message it to us. You can email it to me. You can text it to me. All the contact info is on our website. I'll close the music there. All the contact info is on our website. Get me your information and you will be eligible to, uh, you, you will participate in that, in that contest this afternoon. I will send the link to you at about 2.45 p.m. Watch your emails and your text messages and you will get that link. And uh, if you don't have Zoom software installed on your device, you'll have time to install it. Um, ideally, this game is played best if you have two internet devices in your house, okay? One to watch the questions and one to answer them. And it's going to be only one player per household, please, okay? If you have five, six, seven people in the house, one person plays, not five, six, or seven, because we want one, we want to be fair to everybody, all right? So once again, you send me your full name, address, email, and cell by 12.30 p.m. All the contact information is on our Facebook page, on our website as well. I am so looking forward to this. And you, you may want to catch up watching some of those Easter devotional videos because all the answers to the questions are all kind of encrypted into each devotional, all right? So God bless you, everyone. 
they, they used to say it in the early church. They would say, he is risen, and then people would repeat back, he is risen indeed. I can't hear you. You can hear me, but let's try. He is risen. Oh, I think I heard you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. God bless you, everyone. Happy Easter.